Welcome to the Woman to Woman podcast, hosted on Radio 731. Hello out there in podcast land. I am super excited, and I say that all the time, but this woman is in the studio, and this would probably be the last podcast in the Love Shack studios we refer to it as. Um, and I could not be happier to end than with this young lady. I've been trying to get her on my podcast for two years, two years. She finally agreed the other day when we were getting our hair done. <laughs> Telling off on us, Heather. I know, right? And I'm like, oh, finally, Miss Pam Nash. Hello, everybody. Yay! Pam, we're so happy you're here. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. I'm glad to be here. I uh, know. It really did work out. Perfect it timing. It worked out perfectly. It sure did. Yes, because we'll have the podcast, and then the next weekend you all have a huge fundraiser. And so I want to let everybody know I know you on a personal level, and I know you on a professional level. And, sister, you do amazing work. Well, thank you. But it's not just me. I've got a great team of staff, great board, great exchange club. The community is just over the top, the way they support the center. They really care about these kids, and that's what it's all about, Heather. It's just making sure that we're doing everything that we can to help the least of these and um, some of them are really struggling through some really tough things because of things that have happened to them. And so to see the community reach out like it does and support the center, they're directly impacting the life of children. Girl, and you know, that is my passion, children. It, yes. it is. It is. Um, you're right. The least of it. I tried so hard not to cry. We're not even two minutes in and I'm already <laughs> cry. It is, but it's just, it's, it's so sad because we take for granted so many things, but Pam Nash is the executive director of the Carl Perkins Child Abuse um, uh, Center that covers all of West Tennessee outside of Shelby County. That's what I was thinking. Okay, so really, you serve 21 or 27 counties? 20. 20. 20 counties. That is amazing to me, Pam. Well, you know, God just opened doors for us, for us to be able to go into one county and another. And before I came to the center, I had another life. I was the <laughs> juvenile officer in Chester County and uh, was probation officer, and I was a narcotics uh, dog handler. So I was really into law enforcement. And, um, of course, I knew all the judges, and I knew the Department of Children's Service Workers and Juvenile Court. So I was really uh, an advantage, given an advantage when they asked me to come to the Carl Perkins Center because I had a lot of contacts. And after I'd been there, one of my dear friends, Don Holland, who was with the Department of Children's Services, called and said, I've got X amount of dollars for you. If I give it to you, what will you do with it? And I said, I would expand into the counties because child abuse doesn't stop at the Madison County line. And so he gave me money, the very first money for us to expand into other counties. And the Department of Children's Services has been very supportive, as has the city county governments, as has United Way. And so we have been very blessed to have the support to be able to go into these communities and open centers so children don't have to travel to Madison County. They've got one right in their own location. It is so sad. I, I, and I'm gonna, I, I love what you do, right? Thank you. But it's so sad that you said that you have to expand outside. You know, I wish there were no right. child abuse. And when I first came to the center, um, 5% of the cases were child sexual abuse and 95% was neglect or physical abuse. But currently, 
about 85% of the cases that we see are child sexual abuse. And that makes me so sad. And what we did was we started child advocacy services, and we have trained forensic interviewers who work with our children. Um, once they're identified as possibly being sexually abused or severely physically abused, uh, law enforcement, the Department of Children's Services, juvenile court will refer them to us for us to do a forensic interview. We also have Dr. Lisa Piercy who comes and does the physical Right. And to make sure that they have all they need to prosecute those who have hurt our kids. And when Dr. Piercy sees them, you know, the forensic interviewer does the interview and talks to them. And there's a certain technique that you have to have, a certain training you have to have. They're specialized in this. And there's just not a whole lot of those around. Um, But then Dr. Piercy um, has donated services to be able to examine the children. When we had our open house at our Child Advocacy Center in Jackson, the very first one we had, um, she had just gotten to this community, and she walked up to me, and she says, I want to be the doctor to do the forensic interviews. This is what I want to do. This is my passion. So along with her being the commissioner of the Department of Children's Services and being a doctor and doing everything that she had to do, she still comes and sees our children. And she's able to examine them, and there's this machine called a colposcope that they often use so that they can identify tears or bruises, or right. and they use those in court okay. against the perpetrators. And um, I asked our district attorney, Jody Pickens, yes. not too long ago, I said, what, what difference has the Child Advocacy Center and the program that we provide made in your prosecutions? And he said, we're able to prosecute four times more perpetrators and get convictions. Oh, I swear to and wow. So, I mean, wow. It, it has truly helped get perpetrators off the street. Um, and it's a beginning for the children to heal and realize it's not their fault. Uh, we prepare them to go to court. Um, they do, because of the state of Tennessee, they do have the right to face their perpetrator, or the perpetrator has the right, or the person that's being accused has a right to face the accuser. Wow. And so they do have to... Yes testify in court but we do have um, we have got it made so that we can do the videotaping and the DA has possession of that after the interview so that he can help build his case also Um, but once they um, testify we we have a uh, therapy dog that may go with them. We have a kids on the block puppet that may go with them, but our social worker is there to encourage them. Our victim advocates are there to help them get through the system. And they also receive therapy. And it's a uh, trauma-based behavioral type therapy that we use that has been so successful. And Heather, I could tell you so many stories about kids and how they have worked their way through. I was looking for something for the telephone the other day. I'm going to start crying. I know, sister. I'm looking around here for a tissue, and I'm like, where's the tissue at today? I was going through some, (laughs) some stuff to pull for the telethon that's coming up next Sunday, and I found this this little paragraph that I had written about this child who had been sexually abused for several years and finally was able to talk to someone about it. The, the guy 
the kid went to court. The guy was found guilty. He was sent to prison. And this little paragraph that she wrote was talking about today is one of the best days of my life because now I can laugh again. Oh, I can play. I can laugh again. And it just it just took my breath away because it's been a few years since I've seen that. But there's so many stories like that. We had one child that was um, so sexually abused and there's many processes they go through in their therapy. But one thing that she wanted to do was to uh, write down everything that happened. And then she uh, tore it up, and they burned it. They went outside and had a little can and burned it. And then she took the ashes and made a picture of a cross on a piece of paper. And she wanted to keep that to remind her that it wasn't her fault, it's okay, and that Jesus was there with her the whole time. And so she, we have a picture of her, you know, the little cross thing. But I could go on and on. There are thousands of stories just like that. But the important thing is, is that we are there and we are helping the kids. And it is important to know that, you know, sexual abuse just doesn't affect them for a minute. Right. It affects them the rest of their lives and, and relationships and confidence. And so we try to help them overcome that. And we've seen so many success cases. It's been uh, I just feel honored that God chose me right. to be a part of the center because it's just it's just breathtaking when you see what has happened to these kids and then you see how they are after the services. I mean, they are confident and you see them go on to become success. I've been there so long. I've seen some of them grow up. <laughs> so, but it is, it's a blessing to me to be a part of such an organization that makes such an impact on kids. It really does because you are really helping uh, break the cycle. Because there are people in this world that have gone through this that have never received services. That's right. Nor have they even um, confronted their. That's right. I will tell you, and and this is crazy, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. Um, My best friend, Melissa, growing up, her dad owned a Taekwondo store, and this was in Huntsville, Alabama. I mean, Melissa here. I I will never forget this as long as I live. And it's still to this day, she was sexually abused by her dad, and it came out. And it was, Tim, you were awesome. Thank you so kindly. (laughs) (laughs) We needed that. We needed it. Yes, yes, yes. Tim, our production uh, manager's brought in tissue. Um, I'll never forget, um, it came out that she was being sexually abused by her dad. And then there were some other girls that came out. And then my parents withdrew, and I was never allowed to see her again. And as a child, and I thought about that, and I went to college thinking I was going to be a child psychiatrist, and I really, I mean, I've always loved children, and just the thought of that, the how public that was, you know, and then on top of it, it's your dad, right? Because, I mean, really, if we started getting into the statistics of this and these children, it's always people that they know. The majority of the time. I'm not saying in every case. But over 90% of the time. And, and, and the somebody thought that, they know. that just is breathtaking and heartbreaking to me as a child. You want security. I mean, growing up, you want security. You want structure. Kids are so just... You know, they're resilient when it comes to, like, breaking a leg or something. They'll bounce back or they get sick, they bounce back. But 
something like this will last a lifetime. Yes, it will. If they don't receive services. That's right. So the fact about it is, um, in Jackson, Madison County, we have more than 200 nonprofits. But it is amazing to me how the community stands behind. I mean, Casey Beam just texted me the other day and said, I'd love to have you become my, uh, be my guest this Tuesday. And I said, I would love to, Sissy. I would love to. Right now, it's just not my season. And I would love to come, but I don't want to say yes. I, I try to help when I can. And and the fact about it is, I just, you know, and, and sometimes it's not. I was talking to somebody the other day recently, and I said, I might not have all the money in the world, but I do have the time, right? So if I can't do that, somebody could donate. Somebody could help, you know, with many hands make small mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And when you start thinking about serving 20 counties, that is insane, the numbers. You, I mean, how many thousands of children have you helped this last year? Uh, 3,952. Now, that's that, amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. But now, it's that's so 20 sad. counties. I know. And then look at 85% of that number. Right. Having been sexually abused. I mean, you think maybe it happens in Chicago. Right. Maybe New York. Right. Um, but here in West Tennessee. Right. But it's everywhere. It's no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter the age, the color. It doesn't matter. You're right. And, it and happens. You're right. And and. and Yes, because demographically doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how much money you have, how much money you don't have. It happens. But people, it's closed doors. I mean, you know, you just give this perfect little life. Oh, life looks so perfect. And behind it is an absolute darkness. We had a a child one time who um, had a a friend that spent the night with her. And uh, the dad came and got in bed with them. Oh, my God. Mm, and sorry. so the child went home and told her mother, and that's how we were able to get into that case. But when it came time for the prosecution of that case, yeah, um, the mother said, if you testify against your dad, you're dead to us. You have no family. You have nothing. And, I mean, we had already got to the point that she was ready to testify, and her family turned on her. And she was so afraid of losing everything. What does that do, Heather? That makes it feel like it's their fault. That's exactly right. Yeah, I know. God. And the child would not testify, so we could not. And it's kind of like your friend, your best friend. Very. It sounds very similar. Um, It's just. It's just unbelievable. It's you. You just wouldn't believe. And some kids grow up. Um, thinking that that's normal, that that's what's supposed to happen, and that is not. That's exactly right. And 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 I, so Darla with rap and stuff. She's talked to um, Leadership University, and, and you know they talk about healthy relationships and you know healthy adults. Well, these adults were kids at one time. That's right. And if you put it back and put it in a closet. It always comes out. That's right. I always, um, when when I used to do the volunteer training, now Sherry Cole does that for the agency, but back when I, I used to do it, I would tell them that when you're working with these folks, when you're working with the adults, you've got to remember that they haven't had their needs met yet either. And um, what you're working with is a child in a grown-up body. Right. 
Um, and we've even started a new program for um, grown-ups who have been sexually abused as children that never revealed it to anybody, never got any counseling for it. So I would encourage anybody out there, you know, that's something that you don't like to talk about, you don't like to think about. You sure don't want to admit to someone that that happened. But you will feel so much better if you get the counseling and you're able to talk to somebody about those feelings. Um, we've, I, I could go on and on again. There's so many cases. And on the telethon next Sunday, we have got uh, a young lady, Judith Roddish, who is, I actually met her through a radiothon. Right. And she was listening to the radiothon, and she called and told us uh, – what had happened to her, and it was a relative that was sexually abusing her, but she didn't want to tell her parents because she was afraid that her parents would be upset. And she said, I didn't know if anybody would believe me, but I want to tell you. And so um, this was this was a radiothon that went all night and all day. <laughs> and so uh, early the next morning, we had talked to her through most of the night, and uh, the next morning, um, one of our workers, Miss Ann Williams, went out with her to talk to her parents. Uh, that man was prosecuted, and he did get time, and he, you know, it, it created a lot of family dysfunction among er- the extended family yeah, also. Yeah. But her story is is one that, you know, is so similar to many that we hear. So uh, she'll be on the telethon giving her testimony next wow. Sunday. See, and, and I think about what a broken world we live in, right? But for, for this, that we would even be having this conversation. But at the same time, and, you, and, and you've said it several times about just God, and there is beauty in the ashes, I, and I know that that is so many people, and, I, and I'll say this because there's baggage in my life where I've just shoved it back. I don't want to address it, but you got to walk through it in order to heal from That's it. That's exactly right. You know, but the fact that she's coming on to give hope to say, hey, look, I've got, you know, I've used these resources and they're... There is a stigma because the kid because if it goes on for so long, you start believing it. Oh, it's my fault. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, That's right. and then you're like, oh, I don't want to tell my parents. I don't want to tell my parents. There's certain things I don't want to. Tell my, I mean, there's certain things my parents are about to see, and there's certain things that I would have loved to have told them or told other people. But the fact about it is, it's just if you're not careful. I mean, it it it's, it'll haunt you for the rest of your life. That's right. And it's it's such a burden uh, yes. that these people are carrying, and um, you know you've got to release that and begin to heal. Um, but we do have that program, so I would encourage anyone who would like to talk to a counselor um, to call call Sherry Cole at four two four seventy nine hundred here in Jackson. We do have a twenty four hour hotline number. Um, we have social workers on call day and night. There's two. Um, social workers or therapists on call 24-7, and that number is 1-800-273-4747. So please call. Even if you're not a child and you're grown up and you're dealing with issues, we have programs and things that we can do to help you also. That's awesome. I mean, really, that's awesome because you're not... you're trying to break the cycle, and you're trying to help, and I think that that's fantastic. And if people would, and I know that that's the hardest step, is hey, saying hey, look, I, I I could not imagine what that would look like. I cannot imagine, 
but I can't imagine that burden. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no. How long have you been doing this? I came in 1986. That's a lie. No, you not. look so great, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> you look so great. I'm like, 1986. Well, thank you. What? Yeah, I came in 1986. I was the sixth director in five years. They opened the center in '81, and I was the sixth one. And you've been there ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every year, I'll tell you. I mean, you got the blue sweat. I mean, sister. You rock it out of the house. You and your team, and I say that because I know it's the team. it is the team. You're only as good as the team around you. So I'm going to give props to every one of your teammates because I'm going to tell you something. At the centers, every center, I've gotten to meet people across different counties and different centers because each group, like Humboldt's got a, a, a golf um, a tournament and things. And so they're always doing these little fundraisers in the community, in the community which I'm giving props to the community too because – they're huge. I mean, you all raise over a million dollars. It is amazing to me to see at the telethon, at the number at the end. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. Well, again, hats off to the community oh, for yeah. doing that. But um, over 25% of my staff has been with me 25 years or longer. I've got several that have been with me 32, 33 years. Wow. So, you know, we have grown the center together as we grew up. Right. Agree the center. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I'll say this. Stephanie Isaac lived next door to me uh-huh, for uh-huh. a long time. And then, you know, they unfortunately they moved off and sold. But it was just amazing to me how I saw each dynamic work. Because, I mean, I'll say this. One time we catered. I was part mm-hmm, of the catering. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I've been to the uh, to the different events. I, I've tried to help out. But, I mean, you all got great programs. I mean, Thank because, you. like, Adopt-A-Teen. I'm going to tell you, Rusty Mack's Adopt-A-Teen. Mm-hmm. You know, Rusty Mack was in this building for a long time. One of my best friends. And, and sister. And it's just, I love, well, first off, I'm adopted. But the fact about it is, I mean, now I can start crying about this one. Kids just want socks. They want a jacket. They want underwear. Something that we take for granted. I had one <laughs> child in Chester County. Who asked um, for a Coca Cola? And my kids were at home that time. They were both in high school, and I'm thinking, you know, we don't even think a minute right. about them drinking three or four cokes a week. Um, and here's this child asking for a Coca Cola. Right. And we had one little boy that asked for um, little boy underwear because he was placed in a foster home and he had to wear hand-me-downs and he was wearing little girls' underwear to school and the kids would laugh at him. So he would try to hold it and, of course, had accidents. But he didn't want the kids to laugh at him. And so you can imagine he got superhero, Batman, (laughs) (laughs) underwear. He got so many pairs of underwear for Christmas. But that's what he needed. But he needed that not only because he wanted that. He needed it because emotionally he felt like he was being made fun of. And he was because he was wearing little girl underwear. And and, And I will say this, being adopted, deep down... Deep, 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 deep down, there is always, and I can say this, there is always an underlining rejection mm-hmm. because you're like, why did my parents not love me enough? You know what I'm saying? And yes. and because of circumstances and 
cycles and sometimes a, a single mom could be working really hard and kids get in trouble and then they get sent off to detention or they have to go to a foster care because of neglect because the mother's hooked on crack or something. I mean, the, it could be, but it could be another story where it's neglect, but they live in a, a million dollar home too. I mean, there's no. Well, let me tell you um, mm. this story. Um, soon after I came to the center, on a Friday afternoon at four o'clock, of course that's you know that's when most things happen. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, this mother and father walked in with four kids, and the little one wasn't even walking; was still in diapers, and said, "We don't want our kids anymore. You can have them. We don't want them." <laughs> and we had been working with them because of neglect, right? And and um, so we were familiar with the family. But the children uh, were crying and saying, please, Mom, we'll be good. Please, Dad, don't leave us. Please, we'll be good. As the parents walked out the door, there I was with four kids, little kids. And so uh, I put them in my car and went and got them something to eat, um, got them some clothes, um, took them to the Department of Children's Services and sit there with them. And it was, it, it, I'm telling you, it was the hardest case I've had, and I've seen some rough cases. Right. But these four children wanted their mom and dad, whatever, and their mom and dad would not take them. And so I asked the Department of Children's Services to try to keep them together right. as much as they could. But it's hard for a foster family to take four kids, especially with one of them being a baby. All of them were like seven years old and under right and so um they did get them together in the same community okay and uh i worried about those kids when i got home i hugged sean and nathan for hours and then i told him i said i've got to go i gotta go to bed yeah because it was just more than i could understand right and these were precious precious beautiful children not that it, it happens know, to I everybody. Know. Right, right. But I, um, and all children are beautiful, of course. But um, I, you know, got busy doing everything else, and I can't keep up with every single case we have oh, yeah. because, you know, over almost 4,000 cases yeah. this year alone, right. kids, you can't keep up with every single one of them. And I I usually get involved if it's there's a legal matter or it's going to be a high-profile case right. or I have to handle some PR on it or something right. like that. Um, and so this was like any other case. You know, I, they got settled. Every once in a while I'd ask about them, and they were doing great. Hadn't thought about him in years, and about five years ago, which would have been like 20 years later or 25 years later, I am standing at a ribbon cutting because I'm a red coat with the Chamber of Commerce here in Jackson, and I almost didn't go to the opening because I had a grant due and I was working on a bunch of stuff, budgets, and so I thought, well, it's just right down the street, I'm just going to go welcome them, and leave. I don't have to stay to eat or anything. So I went, and Miss Shirley Jones, who is no longer (laughs) with us, but she was a phenomenal lady. Yes, she was. She said, would you hold the ribbon today? I have never held the ribbon, the ribbon cutting, you know, that they do. I've never held the ribbon ever before (laughs) and never since. And then there was somebody else holding on the other end. And when they cut the ribbon... It fell towards my side, and so I was wrapping it up around my finger, and this beautiful owner 
who gave an eloquent speech about, you know, being there. I wrapped it up and I turned around and I said, we are so proud that you're opening this business in Jackson. This is phenomenal. And I said, I'm Pam Nash. And she said, I know who you are. <laughs> oh, sister. <laughs> and I said, you do. And she said, you don't recognize me, do you? And I said, no, you're going to have to help me. It gives me goosebumps just talking about it. This was the oldest little girl. Sister. Of those four. And I started crying, and she was crying. I said, I want you to know that that was the worst day of my whole career. And she said, well, it might have been the worst day of your career, but it was the best day of our life. Wow. She said, we got placed with um, two professors that taught at the local college there. And they taught me that I could do anything I wanted to do and be anything I wanted to be. And they supported me. And she said, I remember you. I remember riding in your car and you going and getting us food. And she said, I remember that. And I said, well, you know, I just I just can't believe it's you. And she said, there are thousands of people just like me walking around that you've helped and you don't even know who we are. You're right. <laughs> and I said, and I was just, I was crying. Her husband was taking pictures, you know, and this little girl walked up and she introduced me to her daughter and she said, this is so-and-so. And she said, because of what the center did for me, she will never have to live through what I lived through. And um, and here comes this guy with this great big cake, you know, because they yeah. usually have reception and food. Yeah. And she said, this is so-and-so. I bet you don't remember him either. <laughs> and she said, this is another child that was served by the center who is now managing this great big operation. Right. And we started talking, and I, I guess I cried for 30 minutes. And I got back to my office, and I called everybody in that was there. Yeah. And sit them down and said, this is why we do what we do. That's exactly right, Pam. Because she grew up and she was a fabulous mother. Now her kids are graduating. Do you know how old that makes me feel? <laughs> Girl, you look so good. And you're always dressed so hip. So I just need to let you know, you look fabulous. You and Tim just start me mad. <laughs> well, Tim's my man now. That right? Oh, my yeah, goodness. We've been married 49 years. That is insane. I was just a baby. We were just babies. Y'all were babies. Really, we you were. were babies. But, but I wouldn't change a thing. Not at all. Not I mean, thing. you've got some... And two great sons and daughter-in-laws and grandchildren, and God has truly blessed us in every way. He, he really has, he and, really I, and has. I'm so grateful that I, I do get to live life with y'all. I'm, I'm just, I'm blessed. I get to see y'all on Friday nights. We get to see each other during the week. Now, y'all should see Heather up there on JCS <laughs> Eagles fans. She has the biggest cowbell, and if you are listening to the, the program or the football game on TV and you hear this great big cowbell, that's Heather. <laughs> and her daughter-in-law, Mary and Nash. And my daughter-in-law, Mary Nash. And I'll have to say, I have a little one. I know. <laughs> they kept the big ones and gave me the little bitty one. <laughs> so I do do that. I know. I love it. I love it. I know. But, you know, we got, I mean, kids running around everywhere up there. Nobody has time to ring cowbells, but you can hear Mary and I on the That's it's right. So you sure can. <laughs> That's so funny. When you agreed the other day, I texted Nathan. I said, your mother finally agreed after two years. <laughs> he started laughing. I was like, I know, right? 
Well, Pam, I'm so proud of Nathan and Sean and Mary and Misty and my six grandchildren. I mean, I'm I so know. proud. Your your grandchildren are rock stars, they too. They are. They are. They and are. it's just amazing because, you know, I look over and I'm at the, um, it, it's amazing. And, and I didn't know this about Holly, but when I was, um, the Women of Impact, they did the Women of Impact for the American Heart Association. And then she gets up there and, and I'm like, are you kidding me? What? Pam Nash's grand? I mean, like, I was just, I was so shocked. She is the, she's being featured at the next one. I'm super excited about that. That's going to be awesome. And oh, you know, that's she awesome. dances. I, all listen, over the place. I just saw her senior pictures and about, I was like, oh, Misty, what, how beautiful is she? She is beautiful and so talented. And then uh, Tacker just left us and went to Rhodes College. So it's been an emotional week for everybody. Yes. And I kept telling myself, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. But that didn't work. <laughs> And so in Colton, you know, he had a scholarship at Greenville University and played for a couple years. And um, Tristan is starting his freshman year. Sister, I know. With Heather's son. Here they go. Gosh. (laughs) I told Mary the other day, I said, I'm going to blink and it's going to be gone. She said, yes. That's right. And I was like, "Let let me not forget and not cherish every moment I have with him. Well... They are the dynamic duo out there, aren't they? Oh, they sure are, sister. I mean, listen, they, they look like some grown men, though. They do. <laughs> Tristan's about 6'1", six 6'2". Six yes, two. every I mean, time he, I turn around. He's taller. I know, and I'm like, dude, I know you're eating, but you can't lose any more weight because he is just shot up like a mm-hmm. bean sprout. Well, I thought Colton was tall. He's just yes. right at six foot. But yeah. Tristan has passed him up. I Amazing. know. Amazing. And then little Max. Yes. He is the sweetest, kindest biggest hearted child in the world and he's so funny and he's so funny oh he, he he's, even, he's a comedian he is a comedian and he doesn't even try to be i know <laughs> <laughs> and then there's sweet nor grace oh what a sassy sassy girl and she <laughs> rules the roost uh she sure does i laugh because so it, you know we're going into our third football season together and she has finally got used to me and I kind of laughed because the other night I saw her and I was like, cannot these beautiful, beautiful locks of hair, just those curls. She is beautiful. But I laugh and I'm like, boy, you got Nathan wrapped around that little finger. I mean, I just kind of <laughs> laugh. I'm like, oh, all righty, all righty, all right. This is just but, awesome. But they're all so beautiful and they all have different personalities, but they're all so very special. Yes, they're they all really so are. special. They are. They are. They are great. Great. Y'all are just a great group of people. Well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'm grateful to be around and and, and to get to share life with y'all. We got to give God the glory. Amen, sister. Keep preaching it. Got to give God um, the glory. I, I really, uh, you know, I love the fact that people can help in different areas. Let's talk about that because I really want, there's people out there that might have time, resources, and I Mm -hmm. want them to be able, however they can become, they want to become a member um, of the Exchange Club. How do they go about doing that? The Jackson Exchange Club is a civic organization um, similar to Rotary Club, Civitan Club. Of course, we think it's the best. Right. (laughs) And um, it was the club that decided back in 1979 that they wanted to be the first one in the nation to have this program. Wow. And so they really started working on it in 1979 and was able to open the doors in 1981. But the people that are members of Exchange Club, you know, they 
sponsor the te- Circles of Hope Telethon every year that benefits all of West Tennessee. Um, they also um, do the Flags of Freedom, yes. which you see oh, so beautiful. beautiful. Yes, girl. And uh, mm. a majority of the proceeds from that go to the center. Um, as well as, you know, we have our Blue Suede Dinner and Auction, that that is just a fun party. If you yes, haven't been, yes. you got to come because yes. it's just, oh, so much fun. And we've got tickets and tables available for whatever your price range might be. But I promise if you come... You will have a wonderful time. In fact, I'm pre-funding for the telethon right now. Yeah, I hope you do. And as I'm pre-funding, people are saying, now, don't you give away my two tables. Go ahead and put me down for my table. I I love it. And so I've got probably 25 or 30 tables already for the blue suede that's not till February. Yes. Because these people have come every year and know how much fun it is. But um, but the big thing coming up is the Circles of Hope Telethon on August the 21st, which is a week from Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we will be back at the Civic Center. You know, we weren't able to be at the Civic Center because of COVID the last couple of years. Right. And so uh, we will be on air live. And live is fun. You never know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, from 1 to 6 at the Jackson Civic Center. So if you would like to come down and enjoy the entertainment, come on down. Um, but there's other ways to volunteers. We have volunteers that help at the telethon set up, tear down, uh, answer the phones, uh, help with delivering food or bringing in food or whatever might be necessary. Um, Throughout the year, we need volunteers. We have specialized volunteers that we call parent aides who work directly with the parents and family. Um, And then we have super friends, those that just want to work with the children. Right. Uh, We also have volunteers that help answer the phone, provide transportation, help with child care. When we have kids that come in, we might have a child that has to have a forensic interview, but they've got brothers and sisters that like to play in the playroom. But um, we can use volunteers to help fundraise. Uh, We can use volunteers to help. um, Like I've got like three projects of there's tiles that are falling in a couple of our buildings that just might want to come in and help do some repairs. I can use that for sure. Oh, yes. So anything that you would like to volunteer to do, I am sure there is a place for you at the center. And you'll take money. And I always take money. (laughs) Come on now, let's get to the nit and grit. You will always take money. We do not charge anything for our services. And so all of our services are free to anybody who needs it. We are. We see it not just as a job, but we see it as a mission. And um, and so we always want everyone to know that they can come to the center. If they want to volunteer, there's a place for you. If you need services, we can help you. And if you want some place to give some money we're the ones so just give us a call Uh, my office number is 668-4000 if you want to volunteer you can call 668-4000 or you can call 424-7900 and ask for sherry but we would love to have everybody who wants to be involved to be a part yes Yes. So, um, two, you have two, which, and it's Conrad Delaney. You've got a couple. And I love those just because I do. I, Rusty Mack, I did not know. Unfortunately, I did not know him. You really missed something. I heard that he I missed. He was a hoot. You right? But he had the biggest heart. He had a heart bigger than this building. I, I Well, yeah. And, you know, and well. So, uh, 
and such a great man, legacy. I've heard story after story after story after story <laughs> about this man, you know. Um, and then Conrad, he was on Froggy forever, Eagle oh, 1042. And I mean, he sure was. Oh, my gosh. What a heart. And just such just a great guy to talk to. And I'll have to say, you know, we started pre-funding about a month ago for the Circles of Hope Telethon. And the first person to walk through the door and become a partner with Carl, as she always does every year, was Conrad's Miss Ann. Yes, he always Ms. called that's her right. Miss Ann. Miss Ann, that's right. And she was the very first one Ugh. who came through the door, of course, in memory of Conrad, to give us our first donation for the telethon this year. And so shout out to Miss Ann because she comes to the telethon still. Oh, and, wow. And um, she's just such an inspiration to everybody. She really is. They are just, uh, I remember the last um, time that I'd seen Conrad. We saw him at uh, the Jackson Christian Consignment Sale. He came in, and they those two were getting on the RV, and they were getting ready to go somewhere. Yeah. And I was so happy, and it was just so good. We sat and talked. I literally, we were probably talking for 30 minutes just about this radio and this and that. And, and she's just, she is precious as could be. She is. You know, and I thought. She is lovely. She really is. And I thought, man, you know, to have such a husband in the community and, you know, and just what that looks like. And she's always supported him and he just adored her. And it was just, it was so always so great to see, like, I hope I have that one day when I'm old, yeah, older, mm-hmm. older, because we've not hit our prime yet. Let me just let y'all know that. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you and Mr. Tim are about to celebrate 50 years is insane to me. I know. We were just babies. Y'all really were babies. I'm talking about support, though. Tim supports me in everything I do. Oh, yes, he does. And I can call and say, you know, we've got this going on. I won't be home till probably 8 or 9 o'clock at night. I mean, he is just fine. And uh, Sean and Nathan, my sons, will say they would have starved to death if it hadn't been for him because I was working all the time. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, God chose you to run this and do this. And when you texted me the other day or when we were talking and you were, no, we were in the chairs getting our hair done. I'll just go ahead and say it. And <laughs> you were telling me you were an officer and you're an FBI dog counter. I'm like, what? And you're like, I had a life before this. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, that is amazing. I don't even know how you would have gotten in that. But that is amazing that you did. Oh, it was fun. Was it, it was really? fun. And when Sean was trying to decide what to do um, and for his career, right. he thought he wanted to be a social worker. And, I, you know, because I was counseling yes. and always bringing kids home. We had foster children. I mean, you know, I just, right. we've, he grew up around it. And so yes. did Nathan. And that's why they're so giving also. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but we taught them to, to work hard. And they both have great jobs and work very hard. Yes. And um, But Sean was trying to decide what to do. And I said, if you just want to be a social worker, you're never going to make much money. I'll just tell you that. Right. Because you don't get into social work to make a lot of money. Right. You get into social work to help people. Yes. And um, he said, well, I just don't know what else to do. And I said, well, you know, you can get your master's, your MSW, and you can probably counsel. And I said, you can make some money. I'm not saying you can't. Right. I'm oh, just yeah. saying, you know, it's hard starting out in social work. And uh, I said, he said, I just don't know what to do. And I said, well, take a couple criminology classes. I said, I loved juvenile court. I loved the court system. I loved everything I did with the sheriff's department. And I said, just take a couple criminology classes and see if you like it. Well, that's the rest of the story. You know, he <laughs> went on to... to um, 
get his degree in criminology and worked for the Madison County Sheriff's Department and narcotics. And then he went to the TBI and then went to NCIS for a while. And now he's back with the TBI here in West Tennessee. But when he was with NCIS, he had to deploy three years in a row wow. uh, for four months at a time. And he was a hostage negotiator and anti-terrorism officer specialist. And so it worried me so for him to be over there. Um, but he was able to get back to West Tennessee, but he had to do that deployment. And um, I remember praying, and I told him, I said, Sean, I, w- I thought you'd like criminology, but I wanted you to do it right here in West Tennessee. I didn't expect you to go to Africa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, of course, Nathan always wanted to be a dentist from the time he was three years old, thanks to Dr. Mike Short, because Clark and he were best friends yes. and still are. Yes, that's right. Um, but they have uh, grew up together, and he was over at the Shorts as much as he was at my house. They were either there or at my house, and uh, he got it rubbed off on him. He wanted to be a dentist from the time he was like in third grade. And I, I hate to go to the dentist. I hate to go. Sister, are you kidding me? I love Nathan as my dentist. Well, he's the best dentist I've been to, but I'm not telling you that I like it. I don't like to go to the dentist. Yeah, but- I couldn't believe he chose that as his profession. <laughs> And so, but he did, and he works really, really hard, and he's done a great job. But he is a good dentist. I mean, he, I've got another friend who is like me, cries and shakes and gets all upset, and she would let her teeth rot out before she went to the dentist. So we talked her into just trying Nathan, and she loves Nathan now. She still gets a little nervous, and I still get a little nervous, but I know that he's got this special stuff that he can put in my mouth so I don't feel anything. (laughs) I know. Listen, and people don't realize this, but... You know, and Nathan, Southern Family Dentistry, is a sponsor of the podcast. He has been a sponsor of the podcast, I don't know, for well over almost two We'll be celebrating three years in December, which is crazy to me. But um, I'm very specific about my sponsors, right? So Nathan does a phenomenal job. And I try to tell people all the time, if you have people, if you have kids, you're worried, you got cavities, he's got this uh, Solea machine, which um, we're going to talk about that in just a second because I really want people i know this podcast we can talk about nonprofits. we're going to talk about sleep apnea in a minute i mean it's just kind of crazy what this looks like (laughs) (laughs) but nathan really does um i had a trauma accident with my mouth three times as a child my teeth got knocked out it was just horrific i mean it was uh, one of my teeth died and i didn't want to go to the dentist i'm like i don't want to go to the dentist and he's like come to me and i'm like whatever okay let's go so i did and it has been perfect ever since Mm -hmm. like it's not hurt i'm not and and i said i have a high tolerance for pain but it's not like you know a a cavity or this out of the other now the coolest thing is that new machine that it just goes across your mouth in x-rays instead of one of the girls putting that i don't know that stuff you gag in your mouth on that a mouthpiece you know what i'm talking about where you know what i'm like but you know ashley always gives me salt which i never learned that until the other day and i was like what she goes girl let me give you some salt so it doesn't make you gag oh i didn't know that girl yes i said what i said i'm gonna tell everybody i know if you've got to put you need first need to go to nathan so you don't have to put that gunk in your mouth but if you know that if you put salt in your mouth, you will not gag. 
I wonder if that's why when you start feeling nauseated, you want something salty like a saltine cracker. Oh, maybe. Girl, we've got to find out about that. Because, you know, when I feel nauseated, mm-hmm. I go for the saltine oh, crackers. Oh, I'm the same way. I that's crazy. That, I, I bet it is. Because it's got that little salt, you know, yes. salt on it. And I bet that's what it is. Well, that's crazy. Well, that, We have yeah. just solved so, something. Yes. I'm Where telling she you. Have, girl. Had to grab crackers because of the salt. The salt. <laughs> or grab her salt shaker. Her salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> we have just learned something. I know. And well, shared something with everybody. That's exactly right. And then, I, and then another one that makes me not laugh, but... It's just crazy, but I told somebody the other day. So when Nathan, um, we were doing some stuff, and I had to get a shot. I always close my eyes, and they're always laughing because I'm white-knuckling. They're like, calm down, Heather. It's going to be okay. Nathan's talking to me. like, But if he's getting ready, to, I have to have a shot in my mouth. He, uh, this is crazy. It's true, though. But it is true. You start moving your mouth, or you, you start touching. Because Ashley, one day, she actually started touching my leg as he was doing that. I was like, what in the fireworks are they doing? She said... Your body is not paying attention to that. Your body is yeah. paying to the te- yeah. where they're touching you. I went. Isn't that are, amazing? You, yes. I thought, oh, my God. No wonder. I thought they were just flapping my mouth around because my lips are so big. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was doing that because your, your neurons in your brain automatically go there, and it does not go to where he's putting the shot in. Isn't that amazing? It is. I was like. Well, Nathan told me I was the worst patient he had. <laughs> that he it made him nervous to work on me because I'm such a baby. Oh, I love it. Then you're like, you know what? This is for all the times you were baby. <laughs> but I'm proud of I'm proud of both of them. I know. So I, I, I we did a commercial last year, which was true. I want to talk about the sleep apnea, and I want to talk about Tim because it was. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I, I was like, Pam, I got to know. And then how was life? better for you now oh you cannot imagine i really i can't imagine tim was so loud and he would snore and you can't go to sleep with somebody that's making these awful sounds like a monster in your room or something yes yes and i would have to get up and go to the spare bedroom because i just couldn't stand it It was just so loud right and um he had this sleep apnea thing that yeah on this machine that Yes. I don't know how it works. Have no idea. I know it it's works. non-invasive, though. That's exactly right. And you can go back to work in like five minutes. Yeah. I'm not joking you. It's crazy. And um, he had that done. And the first night, it was like, it's too quiet in here. It's too quiet. <laughs> and I would shake him to make sure he was still breathing. <laughs> because I am like, there's nothing coming from his mouth. That's amazing. And uh, yeah. And, and this was, I don't know, it's when he first got the machine that Nathan did. I don't remember what year or a couple years maybe. And I, I thought the other night, you know, he's still not snoring. And it's, and been, that a made, it's been two years actually, because mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. since I've been trying to get you on the podcast. Remember, because I yeah. came to your office yeah. to get you to cut the commercial, and then I was like, "Please come on the podcast, please." And yeah. so it's been about two years now that he's had yeah. that machine. Yeah. But that machine does all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, I mean, it's amazing. It is amazing because I, the fact about that it's non-invasive, that is the amazing thing. Because he explained it to me, and then I've seen the videos about it, and I was like, what? And I'm like, look, like what you said, here you are checking Tim to make sure that he's alive, but you're sleeping. I know. After 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, Heather. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Tim, this is fantastic, brother. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I it's, love it. it. It's worked. I would encourage anybody and everybody that has a 
problems sleeping because their spouse or who significant other is snoring that to try this. Uh, right. And women, let's just go ahead and admit it. There are women out there that snore. I do not. I smack. I go. Everybody's like, what? I'm like, it's a world fixation. I guess. I don't know. My mouth. I'm, it, I'm trying to talk in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now, y'all can't imagine that, can you? <laughs> I know, right? I can just talk for days. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, I, I think it's great. I'm super, I'm, I'm very grateful that Nathan is a sponsor. But I really, I believe in what he does and how he goes about it. I mean, I've seen Lucas. I mean, Lucas had his front two teeth knocked out. And Nathan ended up um, putting in implants, or not implants, but veneers, this titanium veneer now and it's fantastic i don't have to worry about it i don't have to worry about you know but he goes to lucas goes to him and it doesn't cause any problem i mean this kid had some major trauma and i'm like oh my oh. gosh i guess so it was awful yeah and so it was just it was crazy but he's he got up and he went back to baseball and then he and i'm like well we gotta go back to the dentist too and he goes and he texts me or he texts me the other day during school and he, or uh during something and he said mom I need disappointment. So I was laughing because I thought, man, we just created this commercial about women going back to school and, you know, the kids going back to school and mom's getting scheduled back together. I better make an appointment. And I made an appointment before school started. But I asked him the other day and he said, Heather, we're slamming jamming. Yeah. I'm God s- has been good. Yes, very much God so. God has been so good. Yes. Yes, girl. God, We can preach all day about how God just shows out and just these little God winks. You know, the, the story that you're talking about, this woman that's got this successful business in town, and, uh, and the fact that you went there, you got to hold the red ribbon. How amazing is that? That is not coincidence. Not at all. That is God. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it just gives you affirmation right. that you are really hoping people you might not know their name but you know their story you know that what you're doing it's a legacy it's a miracle sometimes it really is a miracle it's a miracle but and and i I say it's it's a legacy because you're continuing to address you're not turning your back No. no and people continue to give they do and that's what keeps us going that's what keeps us going. The The saddest cases are the ones that we do not get calls on and right. we do not serve. And then something horrific happens in that family. And you're thinking, why didn't they call? Why right. don't they just pick up the phone and call? Why did a neighbor not call? Right. I would encourage people, if you see children being abused or neglected, you might be the only eyes right. that see that or the only ears that hear what's going on. And if you make that call then you might be saving that child's life. Right. And uh, that's the most challenging thing to me is when there is a uh, child who gets killed because of child abuse or severely brain damaged because of shaken baby syndrome. Oh, my God. Child abuse. And um, if they would just pick up the phone, you know, there are parents out there who need to talk to somebody. We have parenting classes. Come to our parenting classes. Look, it's not easy to be a parent. They're just, the they hardest, don't come right. with a book no. of instructions of this is what you do when there are no instruction books that come with kids. And it is hard to be a parent when everything's going okay. But you take a loss of a job or not being able to pay your utility bill or not having enough food or trying to work three jobs at one time and have a child that might have um, 
problems severely mentally or physically or just be hungry and tired just like you are and it's just sometimes it's just too much we had a lady one time that we send out things child abuse prevention month with kids to take home with them like we used to do this uh, child abuse prevention calendar and we send uh, pencils and you know we target different grades to do stuff in so our social worker gets a call from a mother of twins and um, was telling the social worker that she really needed help, needed to talk to somebody. So the social worker talked with her for a long time, got the lady to come in and bring her twins in. Um, She was in the middle of a divorce, and her husband had called her. She was on the phone with her husband, and they were arguing about the divorce. Uh, One child was crying, the other child was, I mean, they were like in preschool right? and had little homework things to do. And she was trying to help the child get done the project that he was trying to get done. And the other child was crying and wanting attention. And the ex-husband was on the phone and they were fighting. And she said everything was happening at once. And she said, I picked up a skillet that I had on the stove. And I started to hit the child that was crying. And she said, I glanced down at his little book bag. And she said, there was that timeout Teddy calendar that you all had sent home with the hotline number on it. And she said, that's why I called. Oh, wow. And those kids have grown up fine. Oh, right, right. Very successful. But to know that it's the least little thing. And, and she saw that number, and she called, and probably, very possibly, saved that child's life. Yeah, you're and right. And it's not that she hated the child. Not at all. It's not. just that she was at her wit's end. Yes. And that's what happens to parents a lot of times. Um, it's hard to uh, walk away and count to 10 and do time out and all those things when your nerves are just on end and there's so many things that people are dealing with and now you put on top of that covid right and things shutting down and kids not being able to go to school i mean it was terrible during covid when everything was happening uh you know the the needs of our families increased so we were delivering food and our services never shut down we never shut the doors because we're considered a first responder because if a child's being abused they're brought to the center and our therapist and our forensic interview so we didn't shut our doors, no, no. Uh, but our fundraisers stopped. Right, and so it was really a challenge. And and I would say it's probably you know, not probably it was the hardest time at the center in my career right. to get through trying to raise enough funds when people aren't working. Right to keep the doors open and to continue to provide the services that these children and families needed. Right, and um, but again. God was right there, and he opened doors, and people were bringing us food, and people were bringing us sanitizer, and, I mean, we had everything you could think of. Sam Bryant even called, and he brought us this great old big thing. I don't know (laughs) if it was moonshine or what it was. (laughs) It smelled really bad, but I'm telling you, it was a sanitizer. Right, yeah. And he would bring that, and we would use that even on our hands because you couldn't get sanitizer. Oh, I know. And so many people were so good to us. And, uh, again, it's because it's a mission. It's not just a nonprofit that 
is not making a difference, which I think we're blessed with nonprofits here in Jackson and West Tennessee that do make a difference. Yes. But um, they were there for us, and they reached out, and we made it through. And here we are. That's right. Getting ready to have a telethon. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. This is exciting. I mean, it's just, um, it's amazing. I truly do hope that we we are able to raise some awareness. You can, you know, maybe somebody will call in and give her a dollar, two dollars, and say I heard you on the podcast. That would be fantastic. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe somebody will volunteer. Maybe somebody will call and ask for services, or just call and say, "Hey, how can I help you?" But you all are. It's really, and you keep saying a mission. It is a mission, but it's also a ministry. It is. It really it is, is a ministry because. Which much is given as much is expected. And I and I say that because You are right. We are so blessed. If you've got a roof over your head, you got utilities, you're able to drive, you got clothes. And food to eat. You you're got good. food and you have health. And you have health. You can't you, buy that. No, no, I don't care who you are. There you're blessed. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, and, and the older I get, the more I'm like, here you go. I take all the stuff. I don't need it, right? Because I am beyond blessed and beyond blessed. But I don't ever want a child because I look at these children and I'm like, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. Really could have been me. And I and I don't want to talk about foster or adoption but uh, with you because we could be here for three more hours and you have to go. But um, I just I, I, if there's parents out there and they need you call, please call. And, and it's okay because I'm going to I was just talking to my mother and a dad the other day, and I said, I give more grace to other people than I do my own son, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know, I'm struggling. I got three jobs. I'm running. I'm doing this. I'm the other. Some days I'm like, I'm done. I am done. I can't. So tired, worn out. Exactly. And the fact if you've got multiple children. And so it's not, and it's not a crime to say, hey, look, I'm at my wit's end. I'm uh-huh. done. That's right. It's, it's just life. life. I mean, it's just life. We have so many stressors and so many things going at us at all times. When uh, the kids were little and they would get rambunctious, I'd say, okay, Nathan, you go to your room. Sean, you go to your room, and I'm going to my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It uh, works. It does work. It does work. It does work. Pam, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have really enjoyed this, and I hope uh-huh. that if one person calls yes. and gets help, that was worth it all. So please yeah. call if you need help. And if you'd like to donate to the Circles of Hope Telethon, you can call 668-4000. And you can keep that number handy because if you forget all the other numbers, you can call 668-4000. That's the number to my office. Uh, please feel free to call for any reason because, you know, you're not alone in whatever you're going through, and we want to help any way we can. And watch the Circles of Hope Telethon Sunday, August the 21st from 1 to 6 on WBBJ-TV, and hope that you can send us a little money our way if you have it. Um, But if not, then just pray for us because those prayers are worth more than a lot of money. So thank you for um, being a part all these years. And I got, I wish the best blessing on everybody listening. God bless y'all. Oh, Pam, you're awesome. You are. You are awesome. Your team's no. awesome. The mission, the missionary, I mean, the, um, the mission and the ministry that you all provide. And um, I just hope that we're able to raise more awareness. And then I hope that you get your dancing shoes on because I got to tell you something. The Blue Suede Dinner and Auction is always a fantastic time. And if you don't get to go, I'm sorry. But if you do go, then you know that you will always want to go back. And it's a (laughs) 
phenomenal, phenomenal event every year. And every year it's a different theme. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so Fun. cool. This last year was the 70s theme. And uh, who who played this last year? I, I've had COVID twice. I can't remember anything. Um, a Journey Tribute. That's right. Journey Tribute. That's it. That's right. I couldn't remember. I was like, I know I saw them. I, I saw them. Yes. So phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes. But y'all rock it out every year, girl. Rock it thank out. You. So listen, thank you so much for your time. Well, we thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, you can always find the Woman to Woman podcast on Radio731.com, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. But check us out, the Woman to Woman podcast. Change your seat, change your perspective throughout all seasons of life.